Hello again, friends. My name is Todd Martin from Smithville Mennonite Church, and I'm so glad you've chosen to spend some time with me in God's Word. I know He has something to say to you today. And so to begin, let's pray. Oh Lord, no matter where we are, you are with us. Now speak and help us to hear. And let there be more of you, Jesus, and less of me. It's in your name I pray. Amen. The title of today's message is, Which Side of the Cross Are You On? And if you have your Bibles, you can open them to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. We'll be going through verses 35 to 45. It's amazing how even in the most awful situations, hope can be found. The past weeks have been dark, but we've been witness to the light breaking through. Some people at my church have had hip surgeries. We had another individual come home from an international mission trip to Africa Friends, I pray we can continue to find hope in this time because hope has the power to take us through the worst times, even through death itself. I just couldn't leave the Gospel of Luke that we've been studying the last few weeks without looking again at what I hold to be one of the most miraculous moments in the Bible. Now, I know as we've read the Gospels together in our 90-day campaign to read the Gospels, over the last few months, we've seen thousands fed with a few loaves and fishes. People raised from the dead and storms silenced, but I think this one beats them all. Your sermon in six seconds is simple, yet profoundly perfect for today. And here it is. No matter how bad life gets, Jesus gives us hope. Again, if you want your sermon in six seconds, here it is. No matter how bad life gets, Jesus gives us hope. I've heard it said, it's always darkest when? Right before the dawn. So right now, I would have us go back to one of the darkest moments in the history of the world. Jesus Christ is hanging on a cross. His life is ebbing away as those around him magnify his pain. Again, I, have, I hope you have your Bibles open to Luke chapter 23, verse 35. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar, verse 37, and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, This is the King of the Jews. Friends, this is the bottom of the barrel. 
Surrounded by enemies, enjoying his tortured humiliation and death, mocking all the good that he'd done, even the saving of others. Mocking his name, the Chosen One, the Christ. This, friends, is tragic agony. You know, no matter how bad it gets, never forget, Jesus has been there. May I say, though it may offend some, his was worse. Now, how can I say that? Simply because of this. He was sinless. Nothing was his fault. He didn't deserve any of this. But wait, it's worse than that. He willingly took it on himself. All the ugliness, all the pain, all the anguish. Why? Because he loves us. You know, I marvel at our health workers today, those on the front lines fighting this war against an invisible enemy virus, an enemy that could easily kill them as it kills those they are trying to save. Friends, that's love. You know, I heard about nurses in Akron, at the Akron Children's Hospital, nurses who have chosen to stay at the hospital 24-7 to take care of children with COVID-19. Friends, that is powerful love, but I can't quite go there yet. I just want you to think about our current situation. You know, things are scary, unstable. And in a constant state of change or turmoil, it's dark for the restaurant business. It's dark for the hair business, the BMV, and so many other businesses. And undoubtedly, all those that are connected to them. Who knows what's next? You know, I'll tell you. Who knows what's next? One of my favorite preachers, Craig Rochelle, over at Life Church, brought out this classic illustration that I will shamelessly improvise on. When it comes to COVID 19, you need to know that God didn't wake up this morning and say, Oh my goodness, how did things go so crazy? I didn't see this coming. Oh no, now what am I going to do? Friends, God knows how bad this will get. And I believe he has planted hope in the midst of this. But it may be hard to find. But remember, Jesus is here in the middle of it with us, just like he was there on the cross. Can I ask, what is the darkness that surrounds you? The fear, the pain. What is it? Can you name it? I do a sign sermon out in front of our church. And uh, 10,000 people a day drive past it. And so the sign sermon from this week was, Worrying is praying to yourself. If you're like me, it's easy to just stew about things, to let them boil and coil inside until I just go completely dark, till there seems to be no hope, no light left. I talked to someone this week about how things are just scary right now, and it's okay to acknowledge that. Fear is normal, 
It's a God-given reaction that produces energy. I love the sign sermon that I put out once before. You can't be brave until you're scared. Have you just admitted to yourself, your family, or to God that you are scared? Maybe it's time to do that. Even now, just pause this sermon and pray. Cry out to God. Let's talk just a little more about fear that generates energy. As with all energy, it can be used for good or bad. Let's see examples of both. Back in your Bible at verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. Verse 41. We are justly punished. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This first was the bad response in verse 39 of people in trauma. Oftentimes they get mad. They lash out. They vent at those around them. Oh, friends, I hope you haven't seen much of this so far, but it's possible that we will. As fear and even death begins to grip our communities, I have no doubt we will see the worst side of people. Years ago, I heard a testimony of a man who survived the worst airline accident in the history of the world. His name was Norman Williams. It happened in 1977 when two jumbo jets collided on a runway in the Canary Islands. The planes burst into flames, and what was most haunting to this survivor were the curses of people who were dying in the flames. You see, Norman was a Christian, and he couldn't believe with their dying breaths that people wouldn't cry out to God for mercy. Rather, they cursed. This was the case of the criminal on what I would call the wrong side of the cross. You see, he only saw Jesus as a person to blame, to vent and express his anger. Today, you may want to do that to Jesus. In fear and stress, you may want to lash out, and I want to tell you, you can. You see, Jesus can handle it. He won't curse back at you. He will just take it. In dark times, when things are hard, often what's inside comes out. Sadly, from the pit of his soul, this poor man let his venom fly at Jesus. This man was already living in hell before he ever arrived there. It's a tragic scene, and one that no doubt is repeated as people face COVID-19, but it doesn't need to be this way. There's another side of the cross, and that side is found in verses 40 to 42. Here we find a man in the same situation, equally horrible, equally painful. He's doomed to die, but something happened. We don't know exactly what put him on the right side of the cross, but there he was. 
calling out the other man, admitting their guilt, and then the humble appeal. This is staggering. Just try and wrap your mind around this. He didn't ask to be with Jesus in body, but only in his mind. I believe this man only thought his memory was worthy to be in heaven. Oh, dear friends, that's the right side of the cross. That's where there's hope. That's where there's peace. May I even suggest that's where there could almost be joy. Remember, joy is not the absence of pain or sadness. Rather, it's a choice. Joy is a state of being that itself is a fruit of the Spirit. This man, I can imagine, may have had the slightest smile as he looked at Jesus and spoke those words that were simply a prayer of faith. I hope today you find yourself on the right side of the cross. If you know Jesus, you can come to him again with your fears and your shortcomings, in the pain and the shame you may feel, and ask him for mercy. This is where we all should be. It's when we have humbled ourselves and see Jesus for who he is. Only then can we hear those golden words from the Savior. Look close at verse 43. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness had come over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun had stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. It would have been nice to stop the text at verse 43. You know, the beautiful verse, the verse about paradise. To hear those words would have been astounding in that moment. And even now, my spirit lifts inside me just at reading those verse. I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Here is a shameless, unjustified, undeserved example of grace and mercy. Could we even say forgiveness of sin? Think back over those parables that we've read together in the Gospels, the ones that seemed so unfair, that made no sense economically. Here they are, lived out. This man deserved nothing but what he was getting, and he knew it. This is where the power of love shatters every illusion of worthiness. He didn't deserve paradise, and friend, neither do we. But it's been set before us simply for the asking, simply out of the love God has for sinners like you and like me. Astonishingly extravagant, scandalously free, Jesus never stops loving those who cry out to him. Now, it would have been nice to stop at verse 43 and just let those golden words 
be the end, but it wasn't. There was still darkness and ripping, skies closing, but the temple is opening. The very atmosphere was spinning, reeling in the sadness as Jesus died. But I like to believe one man died with hope. He did not have before he met Jesus on the cross. Though a little later we read, his legs were broken and he suffocated to death, he died with hope. He died knowing this temporary agony would give way to eternal ecstasy. Friend, I need to ask you, which side of the cross are you on today? Are you on the bitter, cursing side that only sees God as a hoax, a thing to mock in the midst of your own pain and regret, in the midst of our current crisis? If that's you, you need to know, before your dying breath, you could change. The other Gospels say both men mocked him, but Luke shows that in the final hour, one changed. One got on the right side of the cross. This change is not only possible, but it's imperative. There is no other way by which people can be saved. Get on the right side of the cross. Where are you today? If you are on the right side of the cross, I hope you act like it. Now is not the time for those of us who know Jesus to forget him and his call to follow him and to trust him to the very end. Now is the time to ask for forgiveness and grant it. Now is the time to give without getting in return. Now is the time for caring for those who are lonely, afraid, and in need. We have chances for you to show the love of Jesus at Smithville Mennonite Church through our talk and pray ministry or through our SMC delivery ministry. You can call our church office at 330-669-3601 or check out our website for more information on those ministries. Friends, we've fasted and prayed people into healed hips and home from Africa. We can still love and serve, even though we cannot meet together. I've heard how some have and are taking the opportunity at work to be witnesses for God's faithfulness and peace among co-workers and clients. God bless you for letting your light shine in these dark times. Keep shining from the right side of the cross. Friend, again, if you are on the wrong side of the cross, I'll ask you to cross over today. You may be angry, scared, or stressed because it seems like the world is falling apart. Can I just say to you, look to the cross of Jesus. See him for who he is and the love that he has for all who humble themselves and call on him. Let your hard heart break and call to him even now, even today. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who may hear this message 
and know they are not right, but are still confused. Show them that receiving you is as simple as ABC. Lord, if we just A, admit, admit that we are sinners and we need a Savior. B, believe. Believe that you are exactly who you said you are in the Bible and you did what you said you would do. And finally, see, commit to following you, Lord Jesus, forever. Lord, I pray that you would bless each one who heard this message today and that your will would be done and that you would receive glory for every single word that was said. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friend, again, my name is Todd Martin, and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church. And I would invite you to go uh, to our website. Feel free to uh, check it out. There's lots of resources. If you just Google Smithville Mennonite Church, or if you go to smc585.org, that's where we are. We also uh, keep office hours, and our phone number is 330-669-3601. If you've been blessed by this message, feel free to reach out to us uh, and let us know. Until next week, God bless you and go in his peace. Amen.